When Jordan and I moved to Suwannee, Tennessee for seminary, we were not what you would consider to be outdoorsy people. We both worked in finance prior to our move, meaning we rarely saw the light of day. Our workouts were limited to the high-intensity interval training we did in the gym. When we got out of work, we went out with friends to breweries, to restaurants, to the movies. The closest we would get to being outside would be to be sat on the outdoor patio. <laughs> really, the most we would see the outdoors may be on the one-block walk we used to take with our pretty slow and pretty unexcited basset hounds. So yes, to say we weren't outdoorsy people would be an understatement. Swanee is located an hour and a half from Nashville and an hour and a time zone away from Chattanooga. To say there's a lack of things to do in Swanee would be putting it mildly. <laughs> While this is an introvert's dream, for an extrovert like myself, this was pretty much my nightmare. Had I my choice, we would have lived in Nashville. Had we unlimited money, we would have hung out in the honky-tonks and the bluegrass bars for fun. Had Jordan had his way, we would have feasted on hot chicken with friends every night of the week. But as it was, we lived in Suwannee, Tennessee. And as very broke seminarians, we had to start entertaining ourselves. Jordan and I started finding the trails on Suwannee's campus while walking the Bassets. There are 50 miles of trails on Swanee's campus, including the famed Swanee Perimeter Trail, a 20-miler that we did not attempt. Eventually, you'll find yourself on a trail even if you weren't looking for one. Very slowly, we started hiking some of the easier ones. Now, hiking doesn't seem all that difficult. Step one, start walking. Step two, don't stop. But what's interesting about hiking is that there's all sorts of best practices with how to walk a trail. You always carry your own water bottle and a snack. Hikers going uphill always have the right-of-way. And when you're hiking with a buddy, you always go the pace of the slower hiker. For some reason, that last one has always stuck with me. I mean, it makes a lot of logical sense. We all have different fitness levels, and the slower person may not be able to go faster, while the faster person can always walk slower. If the faster person gets a ways ahead and the slower person falls or gets bit by a snake or sees a unicorn, <laughs> the faster person will never know. Finally, if you're hiking at your max speed, you often miss the beauty of the hike. Hiking in Swanee in spring was like walking through an oil painting. Whole mountainsides would be covered in wildflowers. Deer would be around every corner. Waterfalls and tiny streams would meander through the forest. Jordan and I would often be pointing out things the other person missed, as we frequently had to stop to gulp air, because it turns out hiking even a small elevation is not for wussies. We've heard this passage from 1 Corinthians over and over again. It was a big part of the class we did on spiritual gifts last year. And yet, most of the time, we focus on the individual parts of the body. 
and a church where all individuals bringing our own special gifts. And that truly is wonderful. But in American culture, we are rugged individualists. I don't need to be told that I'm unique, that God created me different from you to be my own part of the body of the church. I've been told that my whole life. But Paul spends most of the time talking about the value of an individual because his society would have been much more community-based. In Paul's time, one did not survive as a lone wolf. In the New Testament, we see Christian communes as well as strong family communes. People lived and worked and ate together. The people of Corinth needed to hear how each of them were special, how each of them had gifts, For some of them, that would have been the first they ever heard that they were exceptional and had something special to offer. But Paul starts off this passage with something we as modern individualists need to hear more. Just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit... We were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Through baptism, we are all one body. And Paul doesn't just mean that all of you are a part of the body of all saints. Paul is talking about an even larger body. All baptized members... Everyone who professes Jesus as Lord and has been baptized into the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all of us are family. This means that we are in the same body with St. Mark's Lutheran and H.A.B. down the street. This means we are in the same body as Shiloh Baptist downtown and with 1122. This means we are in the same body as San Jose Catholic and Southside Methodist. We are all one body the body of Christ in the world. But it also means, depending on their baptism, we are in the same body as the Westboro Baptist Church or those capital E evangelicals who voted for Trump or with those wackadoodle West Coast churches that fail to mention the name of Jesus because it is too gendered. No matter how much you hate and try to avoid Crazy Uncle Joe, Crazy Uncle Joe is still your uncle. And no matter how much we hate the behavior of our Christian brothers and sisters, we are all one body, and we cannot hate our own body. We all have a reason for being in the body of Christ. Now, the body can and does attack itself. It can be as mild as seasonal allergies, or when the body really attacks itself, as dangerous as an autoimmune disorder. No matter how small the attack, the body is weaker for it. The church attacks itself all the time. Church history is a study of schism after schism. We have murdered those we cannot agree with. We burn books we find heretical. Some of us choose to break off rather than to try and work through our issues. And the body of Christ is weaker for it. The body of Christ is weaker for the interdenominational fighting, the cattiness of mocking other Christians, 
the arguments over issues that through discernment and conversation could be resolved. Hate is not a gift of the spirit. Unbridled anger is not a gift of the spirit. Schism is not a gift of the spirit. These are tools of the adversary, of Satan, and they are evil. A house divided against itself cannot stand, and as the Christian church, we are called to build bridges. We are called to reach across the aisle. We are called to build bigger tables, to invite all in. This is the work Jesus left us with. This is the Great Commission. Schism, division, hate, that is sin. And as tempting as it is to cloak it as righteousness, we are simply deluding ourselves with our own pride. I'm not saying there will never be conflict in the church. As you may have noticed, the church is made up of people. Wonderfully, people tend to have different wisdom and experience they bring to the table, leading to differences of opinion, which sometimes will lead to what appear to be insurmountable issues. They also bring their own baggage, and each of us brings our own sin and biases. But we are one body. In marriage, sometimes the hardest lesson to learn is that you as a couple are on the same team. It can be easy to blame the other person for blowing the budget that month or wrecking the car. But one of the most important things to learn in marriage is to not attack the person, but to attack the problem. In marriage, we try to speak to each other in love. And remember, we share common goals. As Christians, we should think of our brothers and sisters in the same way. They are not the problem. And we can always reach out to them in love. Does that mean sometimes we'll agree to disagree? Yes. But even with disagreements, big disagreements, we can walk together and pray that the Holy Spirit will show us a path forward. We are all hiking the same trail. And we will all probably end up at the end someday. And sometimes... We're going to be faster. And sometimes, they're going to be faster. But as much as we can, we have to hike together. We hike together for our own safety. When one of us falls down, we help each other up. But we also hike together so we don't miss any of the beauty of God along the way. Speak in love to your brothers and sisters. And remember that though you may be many members... We are all one body in Christ.